Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Come on, let's give our worship team one more hand. Bringing in the presence of God. Listen, I'm glad to be here and I'm excited that you are here. And I'm even more excited to know that God is here. Scripture says where two or three are gathered in his name, that he is right in the midst of us. And the thing that we know about God is when when he shows up, things change. When he steps into the room, things that used to bother us don't bother us anymore if we believe. Things that used to ail our bodies are instantly healed if we believe. Things that used to bog us down or keep us in chains and bound, we become released and freed from those things when God walks in the room. Anybody excited that God has stepped in the room? Yeah. Praise God. Tonight we're going to talk about something uh, that bothers everybody, each one of us. We're going to talk about discouragement. Before we get into that, I'm going to pray really quick. Father, I thank you for being here. I thank you that I have this opportunity to speak to your people. But I thank you that you are going to be the one that's doing the talking. I'm going to open my mouth and you're going to fill it. And Father, those of us that are plagued by discouragement, we're going to receive freedom today. Those of us that have been plagued and that discouragement has often led to depression, Father, I thank you that freedom is here today. We're not going to be bothered by this anymore because we're going to receive your truth and we're going to walk in ultimate victory. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. Glory to God. Before we get started, I'm going to tell you this quick story that I read. Um, uh, I'm not sure who the, well, the author was actually unknown. And it's a fictional story, of course, but the author was writing the story and he, was, he said that the devil was going out of business and how, how many would love for the devil to go out of business? <laughs> he was going out of business and he was doing this big sale. And he was selling all of his tools that he uses. And on this one table, uh, he had, uh, there were all the different tools. He had malice, he had envy and jealousy, he had pride, he had idolatry. All of these sitting on this one table and they all had a price tag. They looked fairly new. And then all the way over in the far corner on the table all by itself was this other tool and it looked like it had just been through the ringer. I mean, it was worn. It looked like he'd just been using it all the time and the price tag was on there as well, but it was a very high price. And so one of the, the, the customers in the store said, well, you know, why is that tool over there by itself? And why is the price so high and it's used? And the devil looked at him and he said, well, that tool over right there, that's my favorite tool. And so it's warm because I use it all the time. That tool allows me 
to get into the heart of a person. And once I'm inside the heart of a person, I can have them to do whatever I want. And they asked him, well, what's that tool? He said, that tool is discouragement. That tool is more important to me than anger. That tool is more important to me than jealousy. That tool is more important to me than pride and idolatry. Because if I can get that person discouraged, I can get them to do whatever I want. How many of us have dealt with discouragement? Every hand should go up. Listen, if you need notes, lift your hand again. And the ushers, oh, we're all out? I am sorry, we are all out. That's a good problem to have. Woo! Some of our staff will give you some. Discouragement. It's one of the best tools that the enemy uses. And we often get discouraged when we do the right things, but we see poor or bad results. We, we take our time, we, 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 we work hard, and we don't see any progress. Think about dieting and working out. Heard some laughter. <laughs> How many times have you started dieting and started working out and you do it for a few weeks, you may do it for a month, and then you, you look back at your, 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 your first picture and you take another progress picture and you don't see any change and you're like, you know what? This ain't working. I'm doing all of this, I'm, I'm eating sticks and twigs and grass and I ain't had no meat in forever cake and pies and I'm not seeing any progress. You know what? I quit. If you're an athlete, you go to practice every day and you work hard, you practice, you give it all you got and then you get there on game day and you lose just about every game like the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> Hope I'll have no 76er fans here. <laughs> As a parent, you try to do everything that you can to raise your child up to be all that God has called them to be. Try to be the best parent that you can be, yet your child still rebels. Discouragement. As a spouse, husband, wife, you try to love your spouse with everything that you have, every fiber of your being. You try to do everything for them and it's almost like sometimes you get spit in the face. Discouragement, what am I doing this for? We've all faced discouragement at some point in our life. In fact, some of you may be discouraged tonight. Some of you may have been on the verge of giving up before you came here today. And whatever it may be, you're discouraged if you allow the Father to help you, you can be free tonight. It eats a hole in our hearts. It causes us to, to, to quit, to, to say things that we shouldn't say, to, to become angry with God. Anybody ever been angry with God? It 
discouragement. In Nehemiah chapter four, and if you have an opportunity, I'm not gonna go through the whole scripture, but read it on, on your own time. But in that first part of Nehemiah chapter four, the, they're rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And the people around there, they're, they're uh, uh, mocking them. They're saying like, how, can, how, how do they think that they're gonna build this wall? All of this trash and rubble and bricks and rocks and all these big heaps of stuff, it's all burnt up. How are they gonna rebuild this wall? And they're laughing at them. And the scripture says that they were about halfway complete. They had the wall about halfway done. Halfway. It wasn't like they were, you know, it just started. They had already started. They were about halfway there. And discouragement set in. Think about your own life. You were almost there. And you got discouraged. Nehemiah 4.10. Sweet girl was waving at me. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Nehemiah 4.10. It says, meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And actually, I'm gonna read, uh, your notes say, or the, is the NIV version, but I'm gonna read the New Living Translation. And I had the production team to put that up because I like this one much better. It says, then the people of Judah began to complain. Already halfway done with the wall, and they began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be removed or to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Verse 12. Then the Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. There's a lot going on in those two scriptures right there. And so we're gonna talk about four ways, four common things that lead to discouragement. And we see it in this scripture here, Nehemiah 4.10, it says, the strength of the laborers is giving up. Or the people are getting tired, as the scripture said. So the first common thing that leads to discouragement is fatigue. Getting tired. Because after all, letter A, we're all human beings and we wear out. Have you been doing something repeatedly and feel like you're not, uh, you're not seeing any progress, you're not, Uh, progressing any, you're not moving forward and you get tired and you get fed up. Fatigue leads to discouragement. And sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is go to bed. (laughs) Here's a thought. Get some rest, get some sleep. Stop allowing the enemy to keep you up all night worrying about nothing. Worrying about that thing. Listen, you losing sleep is not going to change the situation. 
The scripture says that he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Listen, you have to have faith in that word and in that promise, lay your head down and say, when I go to sleep and wake up, that situation is gonna still be there. It'll be all right, but I'm giving me some sleep tonight. Fatigue causes, leads us into discouragement. The second thing that leads us into discouragement is frustration. He says, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And then, he said, and then they say, there is so much rubble. They were frustrated. They seen that they were halfway built through the wall and there's still rubble there. There's still all of this stuff there. After we've made this progress, I still see the same thing sitting right here. There was rubble all around so much that it was getting in the way of rebuilding the wall. Do you have rubble in your life? Have you noticed that anytime you start doing something new, the trash starts piling up? If you don't clean it out periodically, it'll stop your progress. You have to take some time to start cleaning out your life. Now, does that mean relationships? Yes, sometimes it does. But sometimes it means cleaning out your stinking thinking. The strongholds that are in your life most often are not brought about by someone else, they're brought about by your own thoughts. That if you just clean up your thoughts, you'll start to see progression in your life. I believe that rubble, your next blank there, is the trivial things that waste your time and energy and prevent you from accomplishing what God has called you to do. So we see fatigue being the first thing, common thing that leads to discouragement. And then frustration, the strength of laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble. Then it says that we cannot rebuild the wall, number three, failure. Fatigue, frustration, and failure. They weren't able to finish the task as quick as they planned and as a result, their confidence collapsed. They became discouraged because they hadn't met their goal. Think about your own personal life. What do you do when you don't reach a goal? What do you do when you had a vision for your life at this point and you're not there? How do you handle that? How do you move forward? in your notes there, I said, listen, set a new goal. Stop stressing your own self out. Set a new goal. Don't give up. Why? Because everybody fails. Everybody makes bad decisions. Everybody does foolish things. The person that is afraid to fail is the person that will never see success. That's not in your notes, that's free. I'm gonna get that to you. 
The person that is afraid to fail is the person that will never see success. If you're afraid to step out because you might fall or because you're afraid, of, you know, and this reminded me of something. There are people that are not just afraid of failure, but they're also afraid of success. Well, what, 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 what will happen if I actually succeed? Well, then what am I gonna do? And there are people that will not step out because they're afraid to succeed. It's mind boggling, but it's true. The issue is not that you have failed, it's how you respond to your failure. How you respond to your failure. Think about how you respond when you fail. Do you give in to self-pity and start, throw your own pity party? Woe is me. Do you start blaming other people? That's often what we do. It's never our fault. It's the other person. They're the reason that I failed. Do you start complaining or do you refocus on God's intentions and start moving again? Think about it. How do you respond when you fail? Strength of the laborers is giving out, Nehemiah 4.10. It's fatigue. And there is so much rubble, frustration, that we cannot rebuild the wall. Failure. The fourth thing is fear. Nehemiah 4 and 11. It says, also our enemies said, and that's a key part right there. Our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and kill them and put an end to their work. Nothing even happened. The enemies, they heard the enemies say something and they got afraid. The people impacted most by fear are those who hang around negative people. Should have got a lot more than amens than that. Nehemiah 4.12 says, then the Jews, now these were the people that were with them. It wasn't their enemies. These were the people that were with them. And sometimes the most negative people are the people that are closest to you. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Your own friends, your own family, the person sitting next to you in the road, don't look at them. <laughs> negative. And what happens, if you're going to gain control of the negative thoughts in your life, you have to get away from negative people as much as you can. Otherwise, you're always going to stay in a place of negativity. Have you ever had those, those people in your life? I know you have. <laughs> and if, it's, if the person's next to you, just look straight ahead. <laughs> Don't even turn, no elbows, just... But they're negative about everything. You just, you try to avoid them. 
You're afraid to ask them, hey, how you doing? Because you already know you're in for it. How's it going? Oh, shoot, why did I ask that? <laughs> Avoid negative people. Listen, your life depends on it. Your relationship depends on it. Your success depends on it. Jeremiah is a great picture of someone who became discouraged. In fact, it's similar to Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Did y'all know Jesus got discouraged? No, he didn't get, he's Jesus. Why do people think that? That Jesus just had no emotions? Because he was just, he's God in the flesh and he, he lived this perfect life and he had no emotions. Jesus got angry. Jesus got discouraged. Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying to his father and he says, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this. And then his spirit kicked in and he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then he gets up on the cross and he gets discouraged again and he says, Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then the spirit kicks in again and he says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Jesus got discouraged. Jeremiah got discouraged. We see the highs and lows of human emotions, despair and delight, grief and joy. Think on this. Like Jesus, Jeremiah reminds us that even a faithful servant of God can become discouraged. Just like Jeremiah, we too can rise above discouragement. And I challenge you to read Jeremiah 20 on your own time. I'm gonna to touch on a few verses here, but we're gonna talk about three ways or three keys to rising above discouragement. We know that, that fatigue and frustration and failure and fear, the four Fs lead to discouragement. Well, let's find out how to rise above it. Number one, you've gotta be honest. Tell God how you feel. Verse seven, of Jeremiah 20, verse seven, it says, oh Lord, you misled me and I allowed myself to be misled. You were stronger than I am and you overpowered me. Now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. Jeremiah was being honest with God. Jesus was honest with God. And we already talked about what he said in the Garden of Gethsemane and what he said when he was on the cross, but it pays to be honest with God. You have to tell him how you feel. There are times where you may say, God, I feel like you abandoned me. Listen, there's nothing wrong with feelings. They're not right, they're not wrong, they're just feelings. Even in your relationships, let's step over in a marriage really quick. There's nothing wrong with telling your spouse how something made you feel. And if you're on the receiving end of that, don't make your spouse feel bad about their feelings because there is nothing wrong with feelings. They're just feelings. They're not right. They're not wrong. They're just feelings. 
But in your prayer life, you've got to be open. You've got to be honest with God. I feel like you've abandoned me. I'm angry with you, God. I feel like when I needed you, you weren't there. And God, as awesome as he is, he allows you to have that time. And then he comes and he reminds you of how much he loves you. And he reminds you of how much he cares. I feel like you abandoned me, God, and then he reminds you that when you were driving down the road and that car almost hit you, he said, hey, I was there. You thought I abandoned you? No, I, I was there. And he shows us those times when he was right there by our side. Because he's a good father. Be honest with God. Tell him how you feel. Hold nothing back when you pray. You've got to tell him exactly what's in your heart, especially those bad feelings. Because what happens is, letter B, by pouring out these emotions, we are freed from their hold. And we enter more deeply into the loving embrace of the Lord. There's freedom in telling the Father how you feel. God doesn't want you to be stuck in your anger and, and have those, those negative feelings. Just be honest with him. Be open and free yourself. Let her see. We should go before God as we are, not pretending to be someone that we are not. After all, God knows you better than you know yourself. So why lie? Why try to be something that you're not? He already knows you. Remember, if you're honest with God in prayer, we will feel a sense of deep freedom and we will find ourselves having a deeper relationship with God and less discouragement. Number two, be watchful. Know that the Lord is with you. Verse 11, Jeremiah says, but the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. And I like one translation says, like a violent warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. Jeremiah realized that he was not by himself. He realized ultimately that God had not left him alone, but he was right with him as a violent warrior. He was not on the losing side, but he was going to win because the Lord was with him. And I say that to you as well. You're going to win because the Lord is with you. It may seem like you're losing right now, but you are going to win because the Lord is with you. Letter A. Often in our discouragement, we look inward to our problems, our frustrations, and our situation when we need to look upward to a God who has not abandoned us. And for the sake of time, that clock is just getting me discouraged right now. Jesus. We'll move a little fast. Keep your eyes on the hope in your life. And I want you to write that, that, that hope with a capital H, and I did it on purpose. Because you ought to keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Jesus is our hope. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Scripture says, I look to the hills from which come my help. For my help comes from the Lord. When a person doesn't see hope in their lives, they slip into depression. And that's what discouragement does. If you don't catch it, if you allow yourself to be discouraged, you will eventually become depressed. And some of you here, listen, there's freedom for you. Some of you have, you've, you've dealt with discouragement for so long and you're over in that depression. Listen, there is freedom for you tonight. There is freedom for you tonight that you don't have to be depressed anymore if you believe. Number three, be grateful. Worship. Verse 13, do you have verse 13? Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for though I was poor and needy, he rescued me from my oppressors. Jeremiah said, praise the Lord, sing to him, worship him, stay in a place of gratefulness, letter A. Because seeds of discouragement cannot take root in a grateful heart. If you stay in a place of being grateful for everything, (laughs) the good and the bad, those seeds of discouragement cannot take root in your heart. And watch this, let us see. Praise is the one weapon in a believer's arsenal against which Satan has no defense. Because what happens when you begin to praise God, it confuses him. When he feels like he just hits you with his best shot, boom, and you say, Father, I thank you. I glorify you. I honor you, Jesus. He's like, what in the world? I just gave her everything that I had. And you're still praising him. It's the only weapon that you have that he has no defense. So you have to learn to praise God in the good and the bad. When you praise God, you acknowledge that he is in charge. He can do what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants. Letter E, or that's D, I'm sorry. The praise we offer when things don't go our way is far more precious to God than the praise we offer when all is well. You have to learn to praise God even when things look bad. Not just when they're good. But God wants to see if you're gonna praise him when things are not going the way that you expect it. Think about that word discouragement. Right in the middle of that word discouragement is the word courage. Three letters on one side, four on the other side, and courage is right in the middle. Because discouragement is really just being without courage, without confidence. But courage, on the other hand, is having confidence. I found this quote, and it says, courage is not the absence of fear, 
but it's acting in spite of it. Having courage doesn't mean that you're not going to be afraid, but it means that though I'm afraid, I'm still gonna do something. I'm not gonna allow that fear to cause me to become recluse and to do nothing and sit back and just wait and just watch all hell break loose in my life. No, it means that I'm afraid, but I'm still going to keep moving. I'm still going to get back up. Donnie McClurkin, he's a gospel singer. He wrote this song years ago. He said, we fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. Listen, you're gonna fall. But get back up. Remember this. Stones of discouragement may be thrown at you. You can't stop them but you can make the choice to keep your walls up and not let them affect you. Discouragement is gonna come as the worship team was on the stage. Discouragement is gonna come, but you decide if you allow it into your heart. You decide if you allow it to take root in your heart. You decide if you allow it to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and he said, how can I minister to someone about their marriage when mine isn't where it needs to be? I said, through the grace of God. Because how can I get up and preach a word about discouragement when I'm often discouraged? It's because of the grace of God. Listen, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. I'm not up here preaching about discouragement because I don't deal with it. I'm preaching about discouragement because it comes on me but I walk right through it in victory. And God is no respecter of person. If I can do it, you can too. If I can walk through it in victory, you can Some of you here, every head bowed. Before we do the altar call, you're here and you have struggled with discouragement. You're dealing with depression. There's an opportunity for you right now to not deal with that anymore. 
you have to decide today that you're going to release depression. That you're going to release, you're going to be free of depression and discouragement. And if that's you and you're here and you deal with discouragement and you deal with depression, with every head bow, lift your hand. I want to pray with you. all over this room. Keep those hands lifted. Every head, stay bowed. Father, you see these hands. And your word says that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, I thank you that your anointing, that your spirit is flowing through this place right now and you are breaking the chains of discouragement. You are breaking the chains of depression. You are lifting those burdens. You are lifting those strongholds. And those that have their hands lifted and even those that did not lift their hands, they will not deal with this anymore from this day forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be discouraged. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.